Well, good evening, everyone. I want to welcome you to our Wednesday night service for those of you locally as well as those following us online. I want to say welcome to everyone. We want to start with prayer, so please join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. The Heavenly Father, we give you thanks once again for the privilege you've given to us that we can come before thee, before you, Lord, in prayer, making our requests known to you, being classified as your dear children. Tonight, Lord, we bring this service, first of all, before you and pray that you'll inspire our hearts. The age that we're living in, Father, there's so much around us that brings trepidation in our hearts on a daily basis. Strengthen our faith. Strengthen our confidence. Help us to trust you and develop a stronger determination to endure even unto the end. Lord, we pray that you'll touch each one following us online tonight and May your words challenge us, we pray, Father. Please be with us. Remember every local church that's having service, even tonight, Wednesday night, that you'll be with them. Father, in Jesus' name, we commit our future and the future of this assembly into your hands. We ask in Jesus' name that you'll bless our time of worship. Amen and amen. Father. 
praise your name and thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace for meeting with us in this place. We just want to praise your name and thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Praise thy wonderful name, Father. We just want to praise your name and thank you, Lord. God, with us in this place, we just want to praise your name. Praise the Lord for your people, Lord Megan.
such it is such a pleasant thing to sing songs describing what the Lord really intends to happen in our lives and a lot of times we try to fight our own battles and we fail but King Jesus he's not king yet but one day he'll be king uh, ruling in this world tonight as I sat here before church thinking of what I may want to speak to this church about I flipped over the writings of John the Apostle and John writes a little different than the way Matthew or even Luke or Mark wrote uh, John describes the the Lord Jesus as um, creator and I'm backing up to the Gospel of John in chapter 1. I really want to move into the epistle of John a little bit and then maybe uh, settle down on the book of Revelation a little bit here tonight. It says, John writes like this and he describes the Lord. He says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word here is describing Jesus. And the Word was with the Father, and that is with God the Father, and the Word was also God. Now, this verse of Scripture does not describe Jesus as the Father. Um, as a human being, I'm human, and when I beget individuals, when I'm, I get married and I get a child, the child, I'm a human, the child would be a human. Um, when a bird procreates, a bird produces a bird. Well, the Father, when he, in his ultimate plan, he knew that one day he'll say, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. The begotten is always as the begetter. And the Father is the one that's the begetter and the son is the begotten am i right are you following me here so if jesus was with the father and he was in the creation with the father he was god he was not god the father because when he describes his father he says my 
father is greater than I. And so the father is never equal to the son, and the son is never equal to the father. Even though the father might be a human and the son might be a human, they're never equal. The father is the begetor, and the son is the begotten. And so when we look here, it says in John's Gospel, John is putting all of this precisely together. He says, in the beginning, and that is, you know, you read the book of Genesis, and it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Well, I'm holding my finger in the Gospel of John, and I'm turning all the way back to the book of, of Genesis. And Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So we're talking about the same time period that John is writing about. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, I know, ever so often theologians, they mess around with the concept of when was the beginning? Was it 6,000 years ago? Well, it could not be because when I'm thinking about it, uh, there are archaeological sites and places that are older than that. And so, there seemed to be a description here, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And I'd like to take that verse and isolate it from the rest of the chapter for a moment. It's talking about God, perfect God, in his perfection, creating the heavens, uh, creating the heaven and the earth. That is, the entire heaven was created, not the place where God dwells, but the heavens, the stars and everything like that, they were there, and God created the earth. God is perfect. From him comes all perfection. So when I'm reading verse 2 in Genesis 1, it says, And the earth was without form and void. God is perfect. He does not create without form and void. And so I'm thinking, and I'm liking to agree with some other expositors on this subject, that says something transpired between verse 1 and verse 2. And some translations would say, and the earth became without form and void. To make a long story short, this is why when all the creation is described here in chapter 1, and uh, God, uh, he uh, comes up here and he creates man. We look at seven days of creation here in chapter 1. And then by the time you come into verse 27, uh, the, verse 26, the Lord says, let us. Now, who was the Father talking to when he says, let us? Make man in our image, and he doesn't say images. He says, our image, singular image, and after our likeness. Now, you and I, from Scripture, we know God is invisible. The Father is invisible. The Father, he dwells in a light which no man can approach unto, whom no man had seen nor can see. And so in simple language, I'm looking at this, and so when God is talking, let us make man in our image, obviously he's talking to someone that is portraying the Father's image. So I got my finger in Genesis chapter 1, 
I've got my finger in the Gospel of John chapter 1 and I am going to see I have only so many fingers so uh, let's let's put a marker here in Genesis and I'm coming back uh, to the epistle of Paul to the Hebrews where Paul is writing to the Hebrews and in Hebrews chapter 1 he describes this here he says God would sundry times and in divers manner manners speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophet prophets now we're not talking in creation we're talking this is about 8064 uh, 64 years AD and he says God who has spoken in the past that is in the Old Testament to the people by the prophets we have Jeremiah Isaiah and all these things God spoke to uh, to mankind through the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son so we're looking at the son the son is called he's called the son in Hebrews chapter 1 in John's gospel he's called the word in Genesis we don't know what he's called but God is talking to someone in the creation so let's see here uh, when God is talking to someone in the creation and said let's make man in our image one singular language image and after our likeness let's find out about this son is it the son he was talking about to let's see here verse 2 Hebrews he had in these last days spoken to us by his son so the father is speaking to us Paul is saying by his son whom he had appointed ear of all things the son is ear of all you know when you're ear of the throne of England uh, you're next in line to take the throne and so Jesus is ear of all things that were created visible and invisible and he goes on to say here whom he had appointed ear of all things and by whom he made the worlds so can we make a good speculation here if the son the father used the son to make the worlds who was the father talking to when he says let us make man in our own image absolutely so let's go on further here in Hebrews it says um, I'm backing up verse 2 hath in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he had appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds and, and he goes on further here he says who the son is the brightness of the father's glory when you want to see the glory of the father you look at the son he is the brightness of the father's glory and he is the express what have we got there image everybody say image of the father's person or substance upholding all things by the word of his power so when the father says let us make man in our image there is one image the father uses uh, in all time that is the son so what are we looking at we're looking at two beings in existence in the creation the father and the son but how did the son come into existence 
Now, I look at Brother John, and he has a son named Jason, and he has a son named Andrew. Uh, does Jason, uh, is, the, say, is Jason the same, uh, existing the same period like his father? Absolutely not. So the father, Brother John, is the begetter. Brother Jason is the begotten. So the father cannot be the same authority and power and substance. I mean, like he has the same authority and existence like the son. The son has to be created. Isn't that right? Are you following me? I don't want to complicate your mind. So I'm saying there is a father, and the father has a son, but the son was created by the father. So I got your finger in Genesis. I got your finger in John, my finger too. And I have your finger in Hebrews, and we'll leave, uh, he, uh, we'll hold on to all of these. And I'm turning right now, uh, we're looking at some areas of the Word of God here. And I'm turning now to the book of Revelation. In chapter, chapter, uh, let's see here what chapter I want. It says chapter 3 of Revelation. Uh, it's talking here, and we know Revelation, we'll look at that a little more in, in little more in, uh, not details, but a little more tonight before the service is over. But in chapter, in Revelation, Revelation is written basically to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And anyone that guards this and keeps this is blessed. But it is written to seven churches in Asia Minor. But here, the angel that's receiving, that uh, Jesus is sending this message to the seven churches. And in chapter 3... He talks to the church of Philadelphia in verse 7. And as he comes down in verse 7, talks to the church of Philadelphia, not to complicate your mind, but I'm coming further down. He says here in verse 12, <clears throat> it makes a statement, a statement like this. Him that overcometh. All right. In verse 12, it says, Jesus is talking, he's sending the message to the church at Philadelphia, and he says, Every, anyone that overcometh, Jesus said, I will grant, it make a pillar in the temple of my God. Now we're talking about, uh, we're talking about symbolism. So if you're an overcomer, you'd be a part of the structure that God will have to rule the coming kingdom. It's not that the Lord will make you a post. A pillar means you're a part of that foundation. Overcomers, the bride of Christ. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple. Now Jesus makes a statement here, very strange, of my God. Does Jesus have a God? Yes. yes. He says, my God. And if that did not settle the fact, he went on and will write upon him, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God. Did you miss it one time? I hope you didn't. You get it the second time, right? 
and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. Now, it is very specific. I don't know why someone would say that Jesus always existed forever beyond he and the Father. No, the Son was created by the Father. And he is, this, the, the, he looks to the Father as his God. So we're talking to two entities in existence for a very long time. The Father and the Son. Alright? But we know the Father is greater than the Son. Jesus said that. He says, my Father is greater than I. Now, if you never heard this message before and you're listening to it for the first time, you will say, well, brother Singh, what happened to the Trinity? Well, I'll tell you some other day. Well, brother Singh, what happened to the oneness gospel that believe? You see, the Trinity teaches there are three persons, Father, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and the three becomes one. Well, when Jesus prayed, and I don't want to tie you up in another verse of Scripture, when Jesus prayed in John 17, he made a statement like this. He says, Father, I pray for these, that you will make them one, as you and I are one. So when Jesus says, Father, make my disciples one, as you and I are one, was he talking about one person with one body? Or was he talking about different individuals that has one purpose and one vision and one spirit and one mind? See, that's what he was talking about. That we might be one. We might be united. The holy, the apostles, the ministry of the apostles were given to the church to perfect us. That we might be united. We might be one. So Jesus is one with the Father, but he's not the Father. The Father is the Father and the Son is the Son. The Father is greater than the Son. He's the begotter, begetter, and Jesus is the begotten. All right? The Father is, he created his Son. All right? And we go on here, and he says, and uh, this is in Revelation, the third chapter. Now we leave Revelation, we finish with Revelation, we come back to Hebrews. Chapter 1, and then we leave that in a minute. And so Jesus was the, it says, had, I'll read it over again. God, at who at sundry times and in direst manners, manners, spake in, the, in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. That's Jeremiah, Isaiah, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, all these prophets. Hath in these last days, in the days that started 2,000 day, years ago, up to this day, is speaking to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and by whom also the Father made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory. You see, when I look at the sun, the literal sun, in the day, I can't really stare into the sun for long because it is so bright, it will damage my eyes. So don't stare into the sun. But when the sun is gone, and it's on the other side of the world, and I look and there's a full moon, I can look at that. Because the moon does not have light by itself. If you see the other side of the moon, it's dark. 
When you look at the moon and there's just a sliver of moon, it's because that sliver that you're seeing is from the sun lighting the other side. That sliver is always pointing towards the sun. You know, one of the good things about uh, what we have uh, in today's technology, there's something I have on my phone called Skywatch. Um, I don't know if you have that on your phone, but it's called Skywatch. And I have my phone right with me here right now. And if I go on Skywatch and I point Skywatch into the skies, right? I take this and point it into the skies. I can actually see in Skywatch, there's a map in Skywatch that tells me right now I'm looking at, I'm looking at the satellite, the satellite up in the sky called S-71-2. It's towards that end. If I point this, this phone towards this way, I can isolate stars and planets and everything like that. Right now, I'm pointing and, and Jupiter is down that way. The earth is set in such a way you can't see Jupiter if you go out because it's down that way. And next to Jupiter is Uranus. And it sounds like all fancy stuff, right? That's technology. With this, I can actually focus around and tell you which direction the sun is. Even though we're on top of the side and the place is night. Beautiful technology. I like it. I like things like this. You know, uh, some things are really nice. But when you look at a sliver of the, the moon, and the moon is looking like there is a sliver showing, you think about the other side is bright. The other side that the sun is hitting is bright. And it's like a ball up here, and the sun is shining, but you in the earth, you're not seeing the full effect, because the sun is not this way, the sun is somewhere else, and it's shining so you see the sliver. There is always a full moon because this moon is always covered by the sun somewhere but when you see the full moon the moon by itself has no light but it means that the sun is a completely opposite side of the earth and is flashing its light on the moon you understand what I'm saying it's not too deep science. This is just simple, simple science. So the moon reflects the light of the sun. When you see the moon and somebody says, well, you know, the sun blew up. A liar, the moon is there. Because as long as I see the moon, I know that the sun is in existence. Because the sun reflects its light on the moon. All right? There are two bodies that are very, very important. I don't want to car carry all over the place. But there are two, um, two bodies that are very, very important. And that is the sun and the moon. There are two heavenly bodies that represents God. And I think somewhere, if I can find this here, it talks about the uh, God's image. Uh, it's not like unto corruptible man, but there are two beings, two entities, two uh, planets, two heavenly bodies that represents God, and that's the sun and the moon. 
And uh, the stars are also heavenly bodies. But we're coming back to Hebrews chapter 1 here. And you know time does not really deal nice with us. So we're talking about the Father and Son in existence. And it comes down here. He's the brightness of the Father's glory. When you want to see the Father, don't try to find the Father. You see, I wouldn't say it's an effort in futility when someone says, Well, I want to study the Father. If you want to study the Father, study the Son. Because He's the brightness of His glory. And the express image of the Father. We can't look into the Father. He dwells in a light which no man can approach unto. Whom no man can see. He is the invisible God. So when we want to understand the Father, we look at the Son. And while you hold your finger in Hebrews, I'm going to give you one more verse of Scripture somewhere else. And, uh, you know, I didn't plan to say all of these things tonight. I plan to just get into Revelation. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is writing and he's beautifully describing these situations. So tonight we're talking about the Father and the Son. Alright, can we just spend a little time here? And it says here, therefore, for chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we don't faint. Now one of the things that keep me going is not the applause of men. Now, I keep going not because someone tells me you're doing a good job. I keep going not because I always turn around and there are people to help and carry my briefcase. I keep on going not because I see 500 people getting converted and join the church. I keep on going because I have a hope in my heart and I have a ministry given unto me and the mercy of God keeps me going. And so Paul says the same here. He says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received the mercy of God allows me not to faint. And because of that, he says, we have renounced all kinds of dishonesty. Like I'm talking to you tonight. I'm not here trying to promote a false concept. I'm trying to open your eyes that you might be able to understand God a little bit more than you did before you came on into church tonight. I will never preach something I'm not sure of. And that is why sometimes I say speculate. But if I use the word speculate, a lot of times I'm positive of that speculation. Otherwise, I would not even say it. And Paul says, we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. I'm not dishonest. I'm taking the word of God here and talking to you about the word of God. But there are things I don't know. And there are things that we will never know. Paul says, now we see through a glass darkly. But he says, there's coming a time when we'll see clearly and understand things a little more as God would have us touch, touch, as God would touch our minds. And then he comes on here, he says, he says in verse 3, he says, If our gospel be hidden or veiled, if what I'm saying seems to you not fully understand what he's saying there tonight, I'm doing my best job to make it simple. 
I preached a lesson on the Godhead and in one hour I used 55 scriptures in Guyana. I preached on the Godhead one time and in one hour I used 55 scriptures. But I had students, I had people that are students and scholars sitting ready to go. So they were ready to go with me and in those days I had sharp individuals. Brother Richard was there, Brother Sam was there. We had individuals there. By the time I caught a scripture, they got it. And they were able to support that. But tonight, I'm taking my time and go slow. All right? And so Paul went on here. He says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost. He says, verse, verse, verse 5, we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus our Lord and ourselves your servant for Jesus Christ. Everybody verse 6. For God the Father, <clears throat> that is God the Father, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Now, you see before there was light. Physically, not only in your life, but physically before the worlds were created. Someone says, you know, there. The, if you try to travel to the end of the galaxies, there's you can't make it with the fastest method of travel. You might start a baby on one side, and you'll turn an old person the other side by the time you even start to travel across the galaxy. It is beyond man's comprehension. And someone says, is your vision dim? How far can you see? Well, I have a problem seeing close. I don't have a problem seeing far because I can see the twinkling of a star billions of light years away. A light year is how fast light travels at a great speed and how far the light travels in a year, that's called a light year. And we can't comprehend it. It's beyond our comprehension. So back here, uh, let's read verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. God the Father is giving us his love and shines light in our hearts. We once were dark in darkness, but he's shining lights in our heart, light in our hearts. To shine out of darkness had shine in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Jesus is the brightness of his. Can I hear you? The brightness of his. No. Come on, try again. Hebrews. He is the brightness of his. Glory. All right. I'm just quoted it. I just went into Hebrews. He is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So we are looking at the glory of God being revealed to us. How can we understand the glory of God? It says, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. How do I understand the glory of the Father? In the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. So to understand some more about the Father, understand the Son. And you know the best understanding you can have of the Son is to experience Him in your life. 
to accept him as your savior, to have him come in by his spirit and dwell in you. It clears up darkness from your mind and helps you to understand God even more. So we're looking at two entities here, back in Hebrews, I'm finished with 1 Corinthians, back in Hebrews, we're backing up here, and it says, it says about the Father, and verse 3, let's read it again, lest we forget it again. <clears throat> he is the brightness, verse 3, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Come on, old folks. Let's try it again, verse 3. Who being, who is, who is, who, who, the word, who is describing who? The Son. He is the brightness Everybody say brightness. Bright. Try not to forget that now. Brightness of the Father's glory and the express image of the Father's person and upholding all things by the word of his power. The Father has entrusted the Son with power. So the Son now represents the Father and the Father is veiled in the background because he's invisible, no man can see him. When the Old Testament area, when era, when people in the Old Testament saw a likeness of the Father, it was not the Father, it was the Son. When Moses saw an angel in the burning bush, it was not the Father. Even the, the voice says, uh, take thy shoes from off thy feet, for the ground where you stand is holy ground. It was not the Father. No man has heard his voice at any time. But when you hear the Son's voice, he is representing the Father. Jesus is everything. He is everything they told me. He is even more than they told me. And Paul went on here, he says... Uh, he says he's, uh, I'm going to read this again. I have to go slow for your benefit. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things. Jesus is upholding all things by the word of his power, whom he had by himself. Who, by, who had by himself, Jesus by himself, not the father. That being that died on the cross was not the father. It was the Son. So when someone says, well, it's all three in one and one in three, the Father died. No, the Father did not die. If the Father died, we are all doomed. The Father, He cannot die. He is beyond life. And He has even given to the Son that the Son can't die anymore. If Jesus comes again to the earth, you can't kill Him because He's immortal. And it goes on here, it says, Jesus by himself purge our sin. And now, today, when John and Paul is writing this, he's sitting down at the right hand of the Father. See, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father for a reason. When Stephen was about to die, and I'm taking my time here, you see, I... Scriptures, yes, are, as I take it as it pops into my head. In chapter 7 of Acts, I'm holding my finger in Hebrews. Remember, we still have some areas to touch. But I'm holding my finger in Hebrews, and 
in chapter 7 of the Acts of the Apostles, one of the most powerful messages preached was by a young man named Stephen. And if every preacher today could look at this chapter 7 of Acts and try to analyze what Stephen saw, the hypocrisy he saw among the Jewish people, you wouldn't be so quick to think you're a Jew. Because even in the days of Stephen, the Jews were in rebellion. They were not only rebellion in the days of Isaiah, they were in rebellion in the days of Jeremiah. They were in rebellion in the days of all the prophets. And they were in rebellion in the days of Jesus. And when Stephen is preaching here, he's condemning the Jews. But then he concludes his life and he's about to die. They stoned him. And he looked in verse 56. And when he's, they're stoning him and he's about to die, he looked up into heaven. And he said, Behold, I see heaven open. Stephen is having a vision of heaven. I see heaven open, and the Son of Man, that's Jesus, on the right hand of his Father. Two separate entities. Everybody say two. Two. Not mixed up. Separate. And Stephen looked, he saw the Father, and Jesus sitting, standing at his right hand. Well, leave Acts and turn back with me to Psalms. And I might need some help here to find this one. I think it's Psalms 110. I love my Bible. I wish I just memorized the whole thing. But a lot of it is memorized already. Um, and so, in Psalms 110, I think that's what I want. Uh, yes, uh, David is writing, and David is making a statement. It's a psalm of David. Asaph didn't write this. David wrote it. He says, The Lord said unto my Lord. Come on, come on, David. How many lords they got here? Everybody said two. He says, The Lord, the Father, said unto my Lord, the Son, Sit thou at my right hand. Isn't that what Stephen is saying? Yes. Sit thou at my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. When David looked, he saw, saw two entities. It is so important that we see the Father as the Father and see the Son as the Son. So when I'm praying, listen to me for a little bit here. When I'm praying, <clears throat> I'm back into Hebrews. When I'm praying, well, dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Ghost. No, no. Unless I'm nuts. If I'm going to pray to the Father, Jesus says, when you pray, pray to the Father in my name. Says, Father, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus, my Lord. And I come to you in the name of Jesus, asking you, Father, I have to learn to identify who I'm praying to. Can I pray to Jesus? Yes. Stephen said, Lord Jesus, into your hands I commend my spirit. Because Jesus is no longer a human being walking on the earth. 
And so when we think about Jesus, what is he? Hebrews chapter 1. Go back there and 10 minutes is only left of my time, but I think we're doing, we're doing well here tonight. Sorry to get your mind thinking deep stuff. It's not really deep. It's I'm giving you the shallow end of the lake. And it says there, and it says, he purged, verse 3, he purged our sin when he sat down on the right hand on high. Verse 4, being made so much better than the angels. What was Jesus? Made better than the angels. It says, he had by inheritance obtained, he is heir, so he by inheritance obtain a more excellent name than any angel. So he's beyond that. For unto which of the angels set the Father at any time? Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee, or you. And again, when he, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. You see, Paul is identifying that there is a father-son relationship. God the Father is beyond human words. See, we have a human vocabulary. And, um, Margaret, what language do you speak in Africa? She? she? Yes. Not he? No, C-W-I. Oh, you see? I don't never heard that before. Yes. C-W-I. C-W-I. T-W-I. All right, you already <clears throat> I see you only telling me the name of it and I can't I can't comprehend. I know I know brother uh, they they speak um, Swahili and I remember one brother went into Africa I won't tell you the full story but he went into Africa and he's learning uh, see if he can pick up one or two Swahili words. Do you know Swahili? No? But picking up one or two Swahili words and when they had dinner and he was leaving and he wanted to tell the lady that invited him in her own language, Swahili, thank you for the dinner. When he said it in her language, the ministers with him that knew Swahili and they didn't say anything and they went outside. They said, if you know what you told her, <laughs> that you would not say that again. He said a very embarrassing thing. <clears throat> so their language is all kinds of languages. But we have a limited vocabulary. Your mind is finite. God is infinite. Your mind is like a drop in this building. To what an angel's mind is. Like the size of this building, you put one drop. That's what our human mind is. And that is why this mortal, to understand God, has to put on immortality. This corruption must put on incorruption. Otherwise, when you sit down here and you feel so happy, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down here and I got my degrees. I'm not talking to you, Brother Terry. But I'm down here and I got my degrees. Your degree is like a drop in the ocean when it comes to understanding the Father. It is an effort in futility when we try to study the Father. 
You can't. Just study the Son, and that's all you need to know about the Father. And that is why the Son was made like a created being, so created man could understand. See, God could not make man in God's real image, because he doesn't have one. He's a spirit. God is a spirit. And so, you understand what I'm going here? And so, Jesus was created... So he can turn around and create all things. I got five minutes. I don't know what I can do. He said in verse 5. He didn't say this to any of the angels. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. But I'll be unto him a father. And he shall be a son. And again when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world. He said that all the angels worship the son. And again in verse 8. He says. <coughs> But unto the Son, he said, <clears throat> the Father is speaking to the Son. What does the Father say to the Son? Come on, come on, read it. Let's read it. Hold on a minute. What did the Father call the Son? In the beginning, God created. So who's the Son? God. Who is the Father? God how many entities we can look at as God? Two. What happened to the Spirit? Both of them have the same Spirit. And the Father's Jesus said, My Father and I will come and make our abode in you by giving you their Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You can have the Father and the Son in you. All right? So we're moving. I've got five minutes more. Let's, let's, let's finish this. Thy throne, verse 8, he says to the Son, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom, because thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. It's important to understand these two things, righteousness and iniquity. Today, iniquity is ignored, but is a deadly hindrance to overcomers being becoming overcomers. It says, therefore, because thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, therefore God, even your God. Think about it, two individuals talking. The father is talking to the son, he says, me, your God, right, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above other beings, other angelic beings. And thou, Lord, the Father is calling the Son, Lord. In the beginning has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hand. See, the Father didn't do it. He commissioned the Son. The Father created the Son, and the Son created everything else. Isn't that a beautiful description? And your Bible has it. Your Bible has it. Uh, in in the book of Revelation, and I'm trying to squeeze this in, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 3 and verse 14, John is, uh, John is writing to the seven churches, and he's talking to the church of Laodicea. And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea, and write, these things said the Amen, the faithful and true witness, that is Jesus, the beginning of the creation of God. The first thing God ever created and the last thing he ever created is the Son. And that is why he's called the Alpha and the Omega. The first 
and the last and the father created everything else let's finish off with john's gospel john chapter one. Oh my i was going to talk about john tonight and i still have to talk about him because john according to to, to tradition he died when he was about 88 years old i guess of old age all the other apostles they were some were martyred some were burned some were killed in different forms they tried to kill john and they put him in hot oil and he didn't die they put him on the isle of patmos which is a prison island and about 80 80 97 john wrote the book of revelation he received the revelation and then he was released and then in 80 according to the statistics they have about 80 99 john died he was about 88 years old that's why i love the man i love him because he endured and it says there in john's gospel chapter 1 and verse verse 1 in the be beginning was the word that's jesus and the word was was god was with god and the word was god so do i understand you understand all of that just one verse made me travel all over the bible to come back and tell you that and i hope you understand it hope you're not in a daze the same word who was god was in the beginning with god so how many beings we're talking about two so when the father said let us make man in our image how many images we're talking about no one image but two persons the father said to the son i created and give you an image and that's the image that will represent me the glory the the glory you have the image you have would represent me and so the same was in the beginning with god all things were made by the son and without him was not anything made that was made the son made everything in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness could not comprehend it and so tonight we had a little glimpse into how important jesus is and tonight according from scripture we just touch the tip of the iceberg i'm thankful for king jesus wasn't that the song we sang king jesus is my captain and he fights for us he's the one so many words to describe him he is the lion of the tribe of judah he is the prince of peace he is the rock of ages he is um the bright and morning star there's no end to describing him he's the branch he's the savior most of all he is our personal savior and we give god thanks for that let's pray father we thank you tonight for this service we pray that you would open up your words to the hearts of your people father help us to understand more about you by understanding more about your son because you're revealed in the face of your son our savior thank you father for this service tonight in jesus name
Amen.